Welcome to the City Place Church Podcast. My name is Josiah Williams, and here is my challenge for you. As you're listening to the message, I challenge you to remove as many distractions as possible, to write out a few notes and things that stand out to you, and afterwards, share what you've learned on one of your social media outlets. We level up by giving a level 10. Thanks again, and enjoy the message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all ready? All right. I'm going to need you to put and open up your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 17. But we, we, we've, been, uh, we've been asking the question, what would life be like if Christmas was every single day? Last week, we preached from the movie called Creed Part 2, and uh, we, we dealt with four subtle things that the enemy tries to do to steal Christmas and to, to block what God wants to do in our life. And just kind of staying in the same sort of rhythm of us having access to the fullness of who Jesus is. I was asking myself this question, and I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about Christmas holiday because uh, I was reading, and well, not reading, I was looking at a stat where it said that over the last three to four months, eight million people have quit their job. Just like, I'm out. Not, not because of some sort of stress or anything. Uh, as it relates to life, it was just like, I'm done. I want to do something else. Thanksgiving to Christmas, one of the highest rates of suicide and attempts of suicide. And it had me thinking about the fact that we want Christmas to be every single day, but we want to make sure that God does in us everything that he wants to do so that we can experience that. Are you with me? And I had this question that I wanted to ask this morning. How do I make my life make sense? Have you ever asked that question? And in thinking about Christmas every day, I wanted to make sure, and we did it during time of ministry, that every aspect of our life is complete. And this morning, I thought about this as a title, and we'll touch on that, is let's make history. We want to figure out our life making sense, but I thought since this is Seed Sunday, let's make history. So that is uh, the Broadway production, Hamilton. (laughs) I wasn't the star in it, so it's on TV now. But uh, in the movie, we're introduced to Alexander Hamilton in a very unique way. When you read and when you see this, it is a journey through uh, hip-hop music, but it's telling the story. And the whole purpose of this journey is him trying to maximize who he is. He's trying to make sense of his life, but yet deep down as he's huddled with those guys, he's like, I wonder if we could make history. But throughout the lyrics, he's literally telling us he's trying to find himself. He told himself he's dumb. He's trying to get a scholarship to King's College. I'm not going to go all the way there with you. (laughs) You didn't pay to see that. His whole life is trying to make sense. And when you watch the production, he goes on this journey to find himself. And unfortunately, by the time he reaches a a certain status, who he wanted to become, he never really was. And in thinking of us having Christmas every single day, I felt like the Lord wanted to challenge me to challenge you on this seed Sunday 
to help you answer the question, how do you make life make sense? Because God refuses, hear me, and you can write this down. God refuses for you to go through one more year feeling like you missed it. I feel good today. He refuses for you to feel like one more moment of your life was wasted. And he wants you to feel like this is the time to take the shot and make history. This is Seeds Weekend, where we said we're going to be intentionally generous to our community and make a difference. But it's bigger than that today. This morning, my assignment is to help your life make sense so that when we go through these next few weeks and we enter into 2022, you can repeat this phrase, I know who I am. Y'all with me? Who give me five minutes to preach this message? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. That's, that's five years old. Y'all just gave me to 2.30. And the people of God said, amen. Amen. Did somebody say they're leaving? Don't leave. Don't leave. The best part's at the end. <laughs> so in about 45 plus, you would have missed it. Donald Miller, the author of a book called Story Brand, he said that most people in life, when he was referring to organizations and companies, he says they shoot the target for one thing and miss it. Because in their company, in their organization, in their life, there is what is called a narrative void. I have my eyes set here, but the message that I release is missing something. See, in Hamilton, there is great motivation. And if you've seen it, I don't want to ruin it for you, but it doesn't end how it starts. See, Donald Miller says that there's a void in every single person's life because the narrative of the story is missing. He actually defines void like this. He says, the void is a vacant space that can be found in an organization where there's no story to keep it aligned. See, I'm wondering this morning if we can't make history by discovering why God put us where he put us and why. In Acts chapter 17, for time, I'm not going to read it all. In Acts chapter 17, verse 16 through 28, the Bible says that Paul is preaching to people in the synagogue, that he's preaching to people in a city. And it says that, you can see it on the screen, it says that when he walks into the city, he sees that they have erected foreign gods. And he says that the priests and the leaders of the city are in an environment in the church, the synagogue, where Paul is preaching. It says that Paul preaches there in the synagogue, and then he leaves and he goes to the marketplace. And he realizes that there is something missing from their lives. And they say this, they say, what is this sort of babbling that this Paul is talking about? He's just yapping, 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 and it sounds like he's talking about another foreign god. 
And Paul says, listen, the babbling that you hear is not babbling. It's just that your story is missing alignment. He says, he says this, I'm paraphrasing it for you. It's a great read. I want you to read it. But for time, I don't want to read it all. He says this. He says, you're missing the true element of the story. Because they ask him this. They say, um, we would like to know what you mean. When you talk about this Jesus, we have no clue what you mean. We have no sense of meaning when we hear the name Jesus. We have no sense of meaning when you say, Damon, I have purpose and destiny. Can you please tell us what you mean? Paul looks at him and says, the story you've been listening to isn't aligned with how God created you. And so you've been erecting things in your life that absolutely add no value to you. And he goes on to download to them about God. He says this. He says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. And he does not live in temples built by human hands. He's not served by human hands as he is needed, has he hasn't needed anything. Rather, he himself gives to every single person life and breath and everything else. From, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history. Somebody say history. And their boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they could seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not afar off. For it's in him we live, it's in him we move, and it's in him we have our being. Paul literally said this towards the end. He says, the void that you feel in your narrative, God put it there so that you could seek him out. The unanswered questions of your life, God put there so that you can find him. See, in this season of Christmas every single day, God wants you to know who he is. God wants you to ask him about that question that you can't answer on your own. Paul says, um, listen, I want you to know that the story that's been written for you is one full of life, one full of blessing. And he puts it like this. It's just so you know, it's in him you live. It's in him you move and it's in him you exist. Paul started making sense to their nonsense. See, I wonder if when we discover and life begins to make sense, if we can't make history. Because he says God has put you in history. <laughs> I'm sorry. Write this down in your notes. You are a story that God has written and lives in. Paul says you are a story that God has written and he lives in. God has literally written your story and he's living in your story. He's just waiting for you to take your shot. <laughs> Psalms chapter 139 verse 13 says, for you were created, you, for you created my inmost being. 
You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Oh, I know that well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw an unformed body. All the days of my life are ordained for me. They were written in your book. Did did you catch that? They were written in your book before one of them came to be. My question is, is who's writing your story? Is fate writing your story right now? You wake up in the morning, you go, whatever the day holds, that's what I want to see. Because David says in Psalms 139 that you formed me and I look good. You knew me before time and you wrote my story. And you will reveal it before it ever happens. You make my life make sense. This morning, I promise you, God refuses to allow you to waste one more time feeling a narrative void. I'm excited about Christmas. Can y'all tell? I feel like I'm doing like kids' faces as I'm talking. Like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Here's the thing. You play a role in the fulfillment of your story. You play a role in the fulfillment of your story. I either choose to allow the author to take me on the journey, or I decide to rewrite some of the pages. Uh huh. I don't know about you, but any book that I read, I never pull out a pen and start rewriting. Anybody? Do you rewrite the story that you read? Or do you read the book and then you go, hmm, they took me on a journey. They play with my heart. I can't believe that Joey did that to Suzanne. (laughs) If we don't pull out a pencil and a pen to rewrite the stories that we read, then why would we do so when God is our author? Eraser? I'd rather do this. See, God wants our life to make sense. God wants us to take the reins of our own story. He just doesn't want you to be the Lord of your story. He wants you to own the fact that he wrote the story and I'll walk it out. I'll go through this page. I'll go through that page. I'll go through this chapter. But at the end, I know that you fearfully and wonderfully formed me. So since you wrote my story, I'm not throwing away my shot. I'm not throwing away my shot. And I don't know the rest of the words, so I'm not going to try to sing it for y'all today. There's four, there's four characters in every story. Here you go. Four characters in every story. The first one is the victim. This is the character who feels like there's no way out. feels like there's no way out. When you look at Hamilton and you watch his life throughout the Broadway play, you will find victim. The victim says there's no way out. So many times the enemy 
as we go through lives. I don't know about you. I've been a victim. Anybody else? I've been a victim. The challenge comes in is whether the victim mentality rewrites God's story. The challenge is it's not that we negate the hurts of the past. It's whether the hurts of the past become my story. That's in the first character. The second character is a villain. The villain was actually once a victim and now turns itself into a bully and begins to try to orchestrate the situations for its benefit. When you watch Hamilton, he actually becomes a villain. I mean, it's, it's great to watch. Just so you know, don't watch that with kids, okay? If you decide to watch it, don't watch it with kids. A victim is the character who is responsible for ruining the story. I'm sorry, the, the villain is a character responsible for ruining the story. The past pain and hurt stays in their life as their story, and then the next thing you know, they become the bully of the story. Have you ever been a villain? I have. I didn't want to be the villain, but I realized that there have been times when I've been the villain in my life, and I didn't want to be, but I had pain. And so I took it out on my wife or my kids because of my pain. Write this down. Many people choose the victim and villain role, villain roles as a coping mechanism. It's because life doesn't make sense. I can't, I can't answer the question why I'm going through this and I, why, why would this happen in life? Why, why this delay? And, and we, 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 we don't realize that God has written the story and according to Psalms 139, he wrote it in a way by which I come out fearfully, wonderfully made the handiwork of God's, which means that if God built me, he's not going to try to just break me and leave me broken. I'm a masterpiece. So I have to walk through every chapter of his story, even when I may not like the fact that this is part of the story. Are y'all okay? But then that makes room for the third character, which is the hero. The hero saves the day. He comes in night on a shiny white horse. It's Esther in the Bible. Dun, 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 dun. Comes in and saves the day. But here's the challenge. Many of us don't want to be the hero. When God has designed for all of us to move through the rhythms of life to become and stand firm as a hero. See, God takes you and I through every aspect of the story to bring us to a hero so that we can help someone else out. See, the reason why we're here for Seeds Weekend is not so that we're doing something and bringing an offering just so that we can do something. No, we want to impact our city. We want some moms in West Palm Beach to be able to fulfill their goals and their dreams. God has called you to be a hero. I wrote this down. Heroes are simply those who accept the challenges that happen to them and choose transformation and decide to help others. 
I choose to be transformed. I recognize there were challenges. You brought me out. I'm going to bring somebody else out. Are you with me? See, my life starts making sense when I realize God has altered a story, not a villain, not a victim, but one that says you're taking me to build me to a position of a hero so that someone else can experience who you are. See, the fullness of your life, life making sense, has to begin with God. If he's the author of the story, that means that he has the questions as to why he wrote chapter three of your life the way he did. Why did I go through the abuse, God? Let's take it back to him. Not from a place of, I can't believe it. But since you're the author of the story, I have a question what you were thinking about (laughs) when you decided to put this in my story. The last one is the guide. The last one is the guide. The guide is the character who helps the hero. This is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the helper of the Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will lead you. He will remind you of the things that the father said. When you watch the movie Hamilton, he goes through this victim, villain, hero. And along the way, he runs into George Washington, who has been mentoring him the whole time. When George Washington decides to retire, Alexander Hamilton reverts back to a villain in the story. He is not able to find something a little bit bigger than him to continue to guide him. His wife actually says, now listen, we got everything. You don't need to work as much as you do. We've got a child now. And he keeps trying to rise up for what he thought made sense. And he wasn't listening to the strategic voices of his life that had been been placed there to encourage him like, hey, you have been positioned as a hero. But his whole story was that his life wasn't making sense. See, can I tell you that no matter what status you get, there's still avenues of your life that only the author can tell you the outcome. You and I won't be able to have it make sense. Y'all okay? Y'all with me? So we will play the role of all the characters in the story. When we say there's no way out, we become a victim. When we say that person's an idiot, we become a victim. When we accept the challenge that, God, you wrote my story, and I'm willing to impact someone else, we become a hero. When we say I'll help someone else, we become a guide. Donna Miller goes on to say that if there's going to be a void, there also needs to be a, a narrative traction. And he defines Narrative traction is being a source of meaning. He, he, he says that narrative traction is when there is meaning to your story. It's not just you just discovering your story, but now it's something that you say, wait a second. My story exists for something more than me. Sigmund Freud once thought that the whole purpose of life was 
pleasure. But then Victor Frankl came and said, wait a second, no, 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 no. Uh, anyone that is void of meaning sours their pleasure. And he said that life is actually all about meaning. And he gave three things, and this is now I'm wrapping up. He gave three things practically that you won't find on your notes, but I'm going to download to you. This is what he says in his logotherapy. He said every person needs three things. They need a work that, they, that bring them meaning. They need to do it with a community of people that they love. And they need to learn that whatever suffering they experience, you turn it around for good. He was not a Christian. And deep down, he knew that your life needed to matter. You needed to do it in a group of people. And it is doable to be turned around. My Bible says that God will turn it around for your good. I wonder this morning if you will allow God from this moment on in your life to be the author of your story. Will you give Jesus an opportunity to lead? Will you give Jesus the opportunity to be who he says he will be? I was thinking about the fact that we're here today, seeds offering weekend. And I felt like the Lord downloaded to me and said, Damon, it is not about the seeds offering. It's about the stories. It's about the fact that City Place Church is helping people make their life make sense. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Watch this. Watch this. There's a, there's a young lady that City Place is invested in. Her name is JC. Can you put that picture up? Her name, her, her name is JC. JC is a single mom She's a part of the U, uh, U Moms program. JC went back to school and got her GED. She works from 2 to 10 p.m. every single night. She does her coursework in the morning for school. And this was made possible because her child care was covered by City Place Church. I was thinking, like, God, we're going to give an offering. And God's like, no. I'm an author of a story and I'm positioning City Place to be a hero and a guide. David, it's so much bigger than what you will bring. I want to rewrite stories. I want to rewrite stories like Janice Pence. Check this out. Janice is from St. Thomas. Janice came to City Place pre-pandemic, coming to Orlando because she was walking through cancer. And she just so happened to find City Place online. She lived in Orlando for months at a time and kept coming to City Place Church. Janice got a clear diagnosis that there was no more cancer. Janice flew from St. Thomas to Orlando to see a doctor, and she said, while I'm here, I want to go liquid with my faith. City Place Church, we're helping make sense by writing stories. But it doesn't end there. 
It doesn't in there. It makes me think of Matt and Christy Prowse. I don't know. If, do we have that picture? Matt, Matt and Christy. Watch this. Church planters in Nebraska living in his parents' basement for multiple years while they were pastoring the church could not afford to get their own home. During the pandemic, they lost their building and he felt like that they wanted to close the church. But because City Place is a part of a network of other churches called Next Level, at the Next Level Conference, they brought up Matt and they brought up Christy. And they said, not only do we want to help you find your building, we want to help you get a home. So do you know what City Place did? We sewed. Together, listen now, together with dozens and dozens of churches, we helped rewrite the story, not just for Matt and Christy, but for the two little ones who were wondering if they would ever have their own room, ever have their own, on, have their own uh, backyard. As a group of churches rewriting stories, we helped raise over $111,000. When they thought their story was being rewritten in a different direction, we are helping people make sense of what God asked them to do fearfully and wonderfully. It made me think of Pastor Daryl and Amy Nelson. Pastor Daryl has been pastoring for 30 plus years. I don't know if we have that. Pastor Daryl and Amy, pastors, Calvary Chapel Church in West Palm Beach. Faithful. This year, he got diagnosed with cancer. He had to miss months at a time. Months at a time. And the Lord spoke to us as pastors and said, Damon, one, if they call you, y'all go and support them. And two, don't bless their church. Bless them. Huh? Just them. So as a church, we sent them a financial blessing. Little did we know. This was her response. The Lord always shows up when we need it. I wonder if they were like, God, only you know we said yes to the story. See, today at City Place Church, as a church, we're bringing a seeds offering. And we're going to sow it as God says, sow it. And God's like, you're helping rewrite stories. City Place, if I was to go on, New Image Youth Center, you help provide internet bandwidth for them during the pandemic. You help cover costs for mental health uh, patients as they were needing counseling, but they couldn't afford it. You did that this year. You celebrated teachers who were tired and fatigued. You helped brought a smile to their face so that they can continue the story. You helped plant over 400 plus churches in five years. You did that. You support ministries for kids and students in Israel so that the 1% that have only heard the gospel can turn into more percent throughout every single year. You supported local missions here through COVID. You supported Bershawn Thompson as he's dealing with 500 uh, young athletes in North Carolina. You helped housed here in Orlando Florida provide a program for young students. You help Story Church get planted. You help Bridge Church get planted. You help TCNO complete their building. You are constantly helping others make sense by making history. 
realize that when we allow God to make our, our story, we begin to make his story. I wonder if we can make history. H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y. Can we make history by saying, you're the one that will make my life make sense? You're the one that will complete me? Are you with me, City Place? God wants your life to make sense. So let me give you these three last blanks for those of you who are like, please fill these in, please fill these in. Here's a narrative. We need a vision of a better future for ourselves and others. You can just stay right there. I love the passion. Don't drop it. It, stays, it sounds good. Yep, just stay right there. Come on. Yep, stay right there. We need a vision of a better future for ourselves and others. Number two, we need, a con we need to be connected with a community who are committed to the same vision. And number three, we need to be, to be willing to engage and redeem every conflict that challenges the vision of our life. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things, God works for the good of those who love him called according to his purpose this morning God wants your life to make sense as individuals can can we make a commitment on December the 20, on the December the 12th that we're going to give God permission from this day forward to be the author and to be the guide can we make that commitment today are y'all with me city place did I lose you tell me if I lost you hear me hear my heart I know what the Lord is saying to our church God literally wants all of us to walk out from this moment forward not feeling like there's a void. He wants your life to make sense. Will you bow your heads, close your eyes, right where you are. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. You say, Damon, I'm here today and I need to make my make sense. I told you that the only way that your life will make sense is if you have a relationship with God. He's the only one that can reveal it. You won't be able to answer life's questions on your own. You're fearfully, you're wonderfully made. God has already written the days and the plans of your life. You're here today, you say, Damon, I, I want to walk in a relationship with God and I'm ready. I'm ready to take my shot. I'm ready for my life to make sense and I'm ready to make history. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it. One, two, three. Raise your hand. I see hands going up already. 
I see hands going up already. Who else? I see hands going up. Come on. I'm ready to make history. My life is going to make sense. I see him. 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 Come on. Come on. I see him. I see him. I see him. You can put those hands down. You can put those hands down. Repeat this prayer after me, everyone. Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you. Come on, let's pray it loud. Say, dear Jesus, today I come to you acknowledging that you've written my story. You died for me and you rose again. And I accept you freely as my Lord and Savior. I'm ready to walk with you. I'm taking my shot. Make my life make sense. I choose to make history. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you give Jesus some praise this morning? Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's episode. And we have one final challenge for you. Take something that you've learned today or something that stuck out to you and share it with a friend or a loved one. Spread a little of what I like to call that wisdom wealth with someone else. Wherever you are, I hope that you have an incredible rest of your day.